Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Folks, for the first time in probably nine weeks, ten weeks or more, there's hope. There, There is some hope. Today is probably going to be record high temperatures. Really record high temperatures. Tomorrow probably could be a record, but will be at least 100. But after that, the weather may finally be breaking and we can all do the happy dance again. Now we need more than just cooler weather. We also need some rain and that possibility has been going up, but maybe, maybe this heat streak's over with. Maybe. It is not unusual to get a hundred degree day in October. But maybe this nonstop 100-degree days, well, we're done with them. Let's go to the phone. This is Marnie. Marnie, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. Yeah, I'm Marnie Abel with the Iris Society of Austin. Um, the Iris Society is one of the many societies at uh, Zilker Botanical Gardens. But today, the Iris Society is hosting their annual rhizome sale at um, Norris Conference Center. We're going to have uh, many beautiful varieties of tall bearded irises for sale. Um, if you've not grown tall bearded irises in your garden, you need to try them. They're a wonderful plant. Um, they're drought tolerant. They thrive in the heat of central Texas, and that's kind of important now. We've been having so much heat and dry weather. These are a good plant to put in your garden. So they don't require a lot of water, and they love the sun, and they come in many beautiful colors. Uh, many people think that irises just come purple and white, but uh, we have beautiful varieties of yellow, orange, and pink, and blue, and black. So we're going to have tall bearded irises for sale, and then we're going to have um, tall bearded irises that are rebloomers. Uh, the hybridizers have uh, 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 made some irises that will bloom in summer, fall, and spring. And the irises are so beautiful, it's just sad in the spring that they come and go so fast. So having a rebloomer is nice to have in your garden. Um, yes. Also, um, this year we're going, the iris beds at the Zilker Botanical Gardens were dug. And so we have iris varieties uh, that were in their show beds. And these irises are proven good growers. So if... Um, if you want to come to our sale and, and find some beautiful irises, you won't find this many varieties at just your local nursery. Um, there, we have many, many beautiful varieties. So, um, okay. I will give you so what time? Huh? What time is the sale? 
Okay, the the sale today is at Norris Conference Center at 2525 West Anderson Lane in the North Cross Mall on the corner of Anderson Lane and Burnett Road. Okay. Uh, the sale is from 9 to 3 today. So when you come into the uh, North Cross Mall, the entrance and parking is on the southwest side of the shopping center next to Walmart. Got it. So um, come early so you get a, a good selection. And um, we accept cash and checks and credit cards. And there will be a lot of helpful people there to coach you on how to grow irises if you're interested. Marnie, that's great. We can send people that way. And... I have a relatively large um, iris bed, and it's one that I need to dig up and separate. I'm not doing it in this temperature, no. but I do need <laughs> no. to get it dug up and separated. And I've always had some truly beautiful blooms out of them with next to no care. These are great plants for that's, the garden. That's what's so wonderful about these plants is that they are they're easy care and... Um, and like I said, they don't they don't need a lot of water. So I hope our gardeners will come and and t- be availed to our beautiful uh, rhizomes. Well, Marnie, I will pass this information on. Uh, hopefully, you get a lot of folks to come visit. Um, okay. And maybe uh, you can get everything taken care of. Before that 3 o'clock hour, because, you know, that's going to be the hottest part of the day. Yeah, so yeah. we need folks to get aren't going to have early. to be wandering <laughs> around. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, so, Jeff. You bet. Thanks for the call. Yeah, folks, um, you, you can't say anything bad, um, really, about an iris. They give you a beautiful a beautiful um, bloom. They're long-lasting. They don't... I cannot tell if they have a scent, but they have a lot of beauty, and it's wonderful to take like half a dozen or so and cut them and stick them in a vase. They look gorgeous, but uh, they do not require... Uh, much care. Optimum growing conditions, put them in the ground. Seriously, folks, they, they do not need incredible care. They, when you plant them, you can give them a little bone meal. That is something that works good. Or a little rock phosphate that will help encourage them. After that, they just go on about their business growing. Now, they are drought tolerant, but every bit of water you can give them in times like this will help. It will help. And then every three to five years, depending on their growth pattern, you need to dig them up and separate them, break them apart to make a bigger bed. Because when they get too close together, They won't bloom very well. They'll just put up green leaves. And that's 
interesting, but that's not what we grow them for. So other than that, they're a low-maintenance, um, beautiful blooming, easy plant that can work just about anywhere. I have all of mine in full sun, full western sun environments, and they just go on about their business. The kind of plant that we really want in our garden. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I got texted um, a couple of messages here. I want to get to the first one. Someone has a, a container. They're growing stuff in. And they have a problem with cats getting in there and digging out stuff. Now, how do you, how can you prevent that? I have a relatively humane and cheap way that you can address this to keep cats out of a specific container. Go to the dollar store, for lack of better reference, and buy yourself a box of plastic forks. Yep, plastic forks. Take them out, push the handle into the soil. Now you may have to break the handle if it's too deep for the pot, but put the handle in the soil so that the forks are standing up. Put in a bunch of those. Uh, Don't leave yourself more than a paw width between the forks. Cats won't step on those sharp things. And that is one way to keep them out of the container. The forks will last a very long time. They're neutral. They don't dissolve into anything nasty in the soil. You can still water around them, fertilize around them, you know, pull out dead leaves, whatever, and your plant will be protected from those cats. Now, um, I know that... People love their animals, but sometimes it's like, look, you know, quit doing this here. I went to a lot of work for this, and you keep destroying it. The forks will help. They'll help keep the cat out of that container. Now, uh, a second text that I got here, and this is a really good question. I've been doing the same. I'm nursing my peppers, my bell peppers through this weather, doing my best to keep them watered enough to keep them somewhat green. Once this temperature breaks, once we start seeing low temperatures that are 70 or below, we're going to see that these plants are going to be able to start blooming and putting on fruit. Whether you have ghost peppers, jalapenos, serranos, um, bell peppers, it doesn't matter. The break in the temperature, the nighttime low, has to come down some. And once it does, those plants will be able to come back, as in terms of they're putting on blossoms and they're putting on fruit. 
And my bell peppers gave me some decent bells this spring, and they have struggled nonstop through the summer, just like every other plant. But I've managed to keep them alive, <clears throat> and hopefully, starting Monday, with the lower temperatures and the higher and higher chance of rain, I'd like to think that we're going to start seeing some of these plants, like the peppers and the tomatoes, make a comeback. This will be our fall crop for these plants. We'll just have to wait and see. Have some faith. Keep, you know, dragging them on. Keep trying to keep them going. The temperature break is so important. It will make such a big deal over what we're dealing with. And this is going to be the opportunity to get fall garden. It will, can you encourage the fruit to set when it's this hot? Nope. Nope, if it does, it's a freak. Normally, at these high temperatures, the plant's like, nope, sorry, I don't have the energy to make fruit. I'm just trying to struggle to survive. But the conditions that are making it so hard for the plants, well, over the next week, those temperatures, nighttime highs, start dropping off pretty significantly. By this time next week, the nighttime high will be all of 71. That's a reasonable temperature. That's when you will start seeing plants perk up. And the fact that Thursday and Friday coming up have 40% chances of rain. That's the kind of thing that we want to see. Those will give your plants an opportunity to go for it again. Hopefully, we'll get uh, rewarded with beautiful blooms. We will get blooms and fruit coming. Wait until that weather breaks before you get too excited about fertilizing those plants. They're gonna need it. There's no doubt about it that the abuse they took and when they start recovering, they're gonna be making new cells and blooms and things like that, so they need some food. But when it's still this hot, you're not really helping them, especially if you are not using organic fertilizers, you're using the conventional kind, they can burn the plants out fairly quickly. So be ready with some fertilizer, though I don't think you're gonna need it this weekend. Don't think it's gonna make a big deal. But starting Monday with those lowering temperatures and the fact that we could be getting some rain that's a good time to start providing the plants with what they need to produce. It is getting encouraging. 
Hope springs eternal, folks. We have some hope coming. By the end of this week, at the end of this week, we may see what are bearable temperatures. You know, in Texas, sometimes we can't wait for spring and we really want to enjoy our two or three days of it. And the same goes in the fall. We're tired of summer. We'd like to see us move into fall. And it is so slow to get there. But this week looks like we are going to have some improvement, some serious improvement in the temperatures. And then add to that the possibility of rain. You know, folks, we're like 10 inches behind for the year. The last thing we need is 10 inches of rain this week. But every drop we can get is great. Every drop we get will help out tremendously. Hopefully this break will lead us into October, which is generally a wetter month. We tend to get more rain in October and we can start building up the aquifers again, the reservoirs. We can start filling things up properly here. And I know people are going, oh, we can start filling up the lakes. Got news for you. There's only one lake in all of Texas. Seriously, everything else is a reservoir. Call it a lake all day long. A lake is a naturally occurring object. There's only one of those that exists in Texas. Everything else is a reservoir. We still need the water to help fill them up. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, Bottom of the hour, got a break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, you know, we, we really need to consider some things here. We need to think about what's going to happen when it does start raining. Because if we can get an inch of rain overall in one week, one inch of rain where you live, that is an excellent amount for your plants. The problem is because your plants have been so beaten up, had to suffer the worst of conditions for so long now, you don't know if they're going to make it or not. You'd like to think that uh, you'd like to think that was a good thing. You'd like to hope that they'd go, oh man, finally I got some rain. I'm gonna shake off, shake off this bad weather that I've dealt with. You know, if it's still alive, it should. But the big question becomes, how long is it going to take it? 
I mean, the minute the temperature lowers, we need less water because the plant isn't as stressed. Good thing. But we do need a minimal amount of water, and I don't know if the rain's going to provide us what we want. And, you know, if it rains today, we're still on water restrictions, folks. Just because it rains doesn't mean it refilled the aquifers or the reservoirs or any of those places. So we still have to really evaluate our plants as they shake off this kind of heat. Let's go to the phone. This is Randy. Randy, what can I help you with? How are you doing this morning? A little warm yet. I understand. Um, my wife passed away last year, and she planted a beautiful flight of Barbados plants about seven mm-hmm. years ago, I guess, and it's it's beautiful. I was wanting to, like, try to um, grow her legacy a little bit and send out some of the Pride of Barbados seeds in Christmas cards this year, and I was wondering um, what is what, what would be the proper way to propagate those seeds? <clears throat> they okay. probably by themselves when they fall off the off the plant they start growing there's about four of them that have grown just from falling trees but what should I tell That's people it. how to do it exactly like that listen if you look at how they fall off of the plant they just fall on the ground it's not like when they fall they puncture into the soil so many inches or whatever they basically just lay on the soil. So if you're going to take those seeds, making sure that they're mature, that they're not still green and soft, if you take one of those seeds and you lightly, lightly press down that seed on top of some soil, moist soil, and you let the plant go, Uh, mist it every once in a while. You don't want it to completely dry out, but it should start a new plant for you. So, take the seed, put it on some soil. Uh, I I press them down a little, simply to make sure I've got really good seed and soil contact. Uh, A four-inch starter tray would be fine, or a four-inch starter would be fine. You could do a bigger container and start like five or ten of them in the same container, a community pot, and you can raise these up. Now, if you're sending them out to other people, that's all you have to tell them in the instructions. Good, well-drained potting soil. Take the seed and just push it down lightly and keep it moist misting it don't pour water on mist it if you can get a squirt bottle okay sounds sounds easy it should be yes um another question i was out at kalahari this past week and i saw a beautiful bush that had beautiful long purple flowers on it what what would that be called would you think how tall was it? Oh, it was about four or five feet tall. More rounded mm. and kind of 
pointy. The flowers look pointy. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I drive by there a lot. Um, right. Gosh, I did not see this, so I'm not sure what plant you're talking about. I can almost guarantee you, though, if you, you know, listen for the next, for the rest of the show, I'm going to get a bunch of people texting me, telling me, hey, it's this or that, and we can get this figured out for you. Okay. One of the reasons I wanted to know is that there were some seed pods on that thing as well. They were round and green, and uh, I, I grabbed one, and I opened it up, and I have a bunch of bunch of uh, black, little black seeds, little flat black seeds. Are they, uh, are they dry and, you know, almost crispy, or are they still really yes. soft? Yeah, they, yeah they're, they're dry. Okay. Uh, hang on to those. We'll get figured out what plant that is and uh, let you start some of those at the same time, too. That would be awesome. I really appreciate your time this morning. No problem, Randy. And uh, it's a great gift to pass along that plant to your wife's friends. It'll be a, a uh, beautiful reminder of her. I think so, too. Thanks for the call, Randy. Uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yeah, folks, um, three to four foot tall, purple and somewhat spiky flowers. Now, this being Kalahari, they may have professional landscape crews taking care of stuff. So this may not be a plant that we would readily see in our gardens, or it could be. It's not clicking with me as to a three to four foot tall mound, purple flowers, long purple flowers, and uh, kind of spiky flowers. All I can come up with is the uh, purple uh, bush, the Mexican bush sage that's got purple flowers on it, very pretty, but I don't think this is what we're talking about. So anybody seen this, knows what it is, send me a text, would you? Uh, trying to help somebody out here? Try to identify those plants. We don't always succeed, but we do our best. It is time for a break, folks. If you can hang on, we'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, suddenly got a bunch of texts here. Randy, if you're listening, got a pretty decent range of plants you may have seen. Everything from... Uh, Duranta, which is also called sky flower, really pretty blue to it. Um, the uh, Mexican sage, the purple flowered one. Folks are talking about various uh, uh, tall purple sages 
mystic spires. Unfortunately, we got a whole bunch of plant names there. So I, I, I'm not sure what I can help you with other than you may have to go and get a picture of it if you can next time you come by and see if we can't hunt it down from the picture. I am getting some, uh, I'm getting some really good texts here and I, I want to cover some of them. Um, aside from trying to identify this plant, I've got a great question about blue bonnet seeds. Do you put blue bonnet seeds out during the rain event? I would say no. Put them out now. Get them out there. Get them touching the soil. We have places that we're talking a tenth of an inch of rain. And that would be perfect. That is what blue bonnets actually get when they're reseeded. So go ahead and put your blue bonnets out before the rain. Remember, walk on the blue bonnets that you distributed or use a lawn roller. You want those plants to touch the soil. You want no doubt about it, those seeds right in the soil. And when we get some real rain, that'll help get them going. Um, oh, beauty berries. Uh, folks are seeing dead beauty berries. So they believe they're dead. Can they survive and come back? Not fair. I have a big beauty berry that's covered with the purple berries. Well, half covered. I have to explain that. Um, it's in a bed that gets water, so it's staying alive. But don't assume that it doesn't have berries, so that means it's not doing good. Those berries are caviar for mockingbirds. They love it. I can't tell you how many mockingbird battles go on in my beauty berry as they are fighting over the berries. And the silly thing is, they'll all fight over one little cluster of berry when there's lots and lots of others. Not the smartest of birds. Anyway, just because it has no berries doesn't mean it's a dead plant. They could have been eaten. They really like it, and as hot and dry as it has been, it's a food and water source for the mockingbirds. So can they come back? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. When should you plant winter rye? We're getting close. Winter rye germinates below 85 degrees. So we're really close if you want to get out there and get that winter rye down. Would I do it this week? I think you're a little hot. I think you're a little hot. 
if we're going to finally break into a pattern where we're going to get some rain, even if it's a small amount of rain, wait till we cool off a bit, then sprinkle your winter rye. You can get the rain to water it for you. will help it start up much faster. But rye thrives below 85 degrees. We're not below 85 degrees. We're not below 100 degrees today, folks. So keep that in mind and watch the temperatures outside. You can sprinkle that rye out onto damp ground. You can sprinkle it on dry ground. The rain will come and water it for you. Um, to follow that question with the rye, the next one is always, will Bermuda come back? I cannot answer that. I wish I could. It is likely, it is likely that at least some of your Bermuda will survive. It may not be all of it, but Bermuda is the one of the most drought-tolerant plants uh, we have for turf grass. And generally that means it will go dormant, but those runners are still alive. And once we start getting rain, they'll start growing again. We need that rain, folks. That's gonna be the difference. Will all of your turf come back? Don't know. It depends on how badly damaged it was. Well, some of it, more than likely, yes. Yes. And knowing Bermuda, it grows quickly. So some water, maybe a little bit of uh, good turf fertilizer. You could get that to fill back in pretty quickly. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up on the top of the hour. We need to break for the news. Um, I will catch everybody on the other side. 